sort of like this. Hello. Welcome to the podcast. This is You Gotta Watch This. I am your host, Aaron, and with me is the other host, Nick. I'm going to stop throwing it to you because you do that every time. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So we are watching every film in the Marvel Cinematic Universe in order. That's the order they were released in human history. And (laughs) then we're talking about them one at a time. Yeah. In in sort of like a review analysis fashion. But here's the the hook, the twist, (laughs) Yeah. you will. What's the hook? I'm... I would say I'm pretty familiar with these movies. I've seen each one multiple times. Uh-huh. I was a fan. I've read a bunch of comic books, and I collected the little Marvel comic cards. Would when you I was call a yourself a super fan? I'm I'm up there. I'm a yeah. I'm a I'm a I'm a super fan. Okay. Sure, sure, sure. <laughs> sure. Let's go with that. Yeah, sure. Um, but you, Nick, I'm sad to say, or not? Uh, no, no. In fact, uh, sort of the antithesis of a super fan. That's right. You have uh, expended. Uh, a considerable amount of energy avoiding these movies. Yes, I have. Uh, very impressive. Yeah. Uh, you had seen a couple b- prior to this podcast, uh-huh. um, but very few and far between. Just didn't care about superheroes. Yeah. Not into the superheroes, but in this podcast, we take a journey together mm-hmm. and and you are watching them one at a time. And you, you're, you take my hand and lead me down mm-hmm. the, the path to superhero enlightenment. I show you a whole new world. Yeah. <laughs> Just like the titular in, Aladdin. Can we break into song now? <laughs> no. Oh. Um, but so so typically what we do is we watch the movie and then we scamper up the steps and we record a podcast. Uh-huh. But uh, this episode's a little different. Uh, if you've been listening to these in order, which I really hope you are, because that makes a lot of that sense, would make right? The, like the only the only sense. Is the that only a thing sense. I can say? Uh, yeah, exactly. It would make the only sense. Uh, <laughs> we are um, so that's how we typically do it. But this time, what we're doing is re-recording this because we had a little bit of a glitch uh, that that ate some of our episodes. Yeah, you can call it like it is. It, I I messed up the sample right. <laughs> It's uh, something happened. <laughs> something did happen, indeed. We'll we'll go with that. Something happened <laughs> that ruined the episode. <laughs> ruined is such a strong word. <laughs> it's an accurate word. <laughs> <laughs> Made it just barely unusable. Right. We respect you too much uh, to let you listen to us sound like robot chipmunks. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so it's just we'll just say we're we're uh, we're doing a mulligan on this one. Yeah. So. Here it is. We are talking about Captain America. This is the fifth movie, and we didn't just watch it, but you did watch it pretty recently. Yeah, so pretty recently, and uh, we've done some little review, and we're ready to chat. So let's let's get your hot take. Captain America is your favorite movie so far? Uh, no. Okay. I mean, of all movies. Oh, oh, yeah. I mean, yes, yes. Of all movies, I, yes. I don't know why that would Clarify. change your answer. <laughs> it's not my favorite Marvel movie. It is my favorite movie of all time. Okay. Though. You just got to ask the right questions. Yeah. And that's how you get the answers you want. It, uh, I enjoyed it. I did. It's a, it's a fun um, adventure mm-hmm. war movie kind of. Uh, yeah, I, I enjoyed it a lot. Um, I did not enjoy it as... as as much as some of the other ones we've watched. Gotcha. Um, mostly because I, and I understand that these are superhero movies. I understand that, you know, I'm watching movies about people that have superpowers. Yes. Right. So I'm suspending like most of my disbelief. That's right. But that being said, a period piece set in World War II 
uh, some of the stuff, like especially like the tanks and the planes that Hydra uh, employs, mm. just really bugged me. It's a it's a bridge too far. It is that bridge is you're like that is a, too far a away. Bridge of the river, river quiet. <laughs> I, was, I was thinking about it, and I was like, "There's no elegant way to do it, so I'm gonna uh, not do it." And you were like, "I'm going I'm, in. I'm going in. <laughs> <laughs> I'm barreling across it." But I didn't think. I was thinking for a minute. I was like, "How do I do bridge?" <laughs> on the river Kwai too far and i was like that's too many that's too much you have to know too many things uh so so i mean i enjoyed it i did and it, it's just hard for me to get past some of that stuff i get it um it's now now when and we've we talked briefly about this it's not steampunk but it's what did you call it diesel punk diesel punk that's so right. it's just sort of a specific very specific aesthetic that you're not into. That I'm not into. <laughs> that you've discovered you don't like. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so for, I, to go from not knowing about something to discovering you hate it immensely <laughs> in the space of uh, like two hours. Yeah. But yeah. hey, sometimes that's your journey. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So just uh, to clarify, people, steampunk is uh, when you get this anachronistic technology and like around like the late 1800s. That's based on like what the technology of that time was like steam powered engines and stuff. And, but you do things like a steam powered robot that Mm -hmm. would be considered steampunk. So diesel punk is like the forties and equivalent of that. Yeah. Um, and there's a bunch of different punks. There's like atomic punk, right? Which would be like the fifties and the sixties technology. Uh, Uh, lots, lots of different ones. Those are the only three I can think of. Cyberpunk. Cyberpunk. Of course. That's Uh the big one. Yep. About the nineties and the internet, early days of the internet. Uh Um, but yeah, so this would, I would, I would, Put this in that diesel punk category yeah. up there with movies like The Rocketeer uh-huh. and uh, uh, probably Sky Captain and The World of Tomorrow. Oh, yeah, yeah, I remember that one. Was, would be a diesel punk. What's the one about the Nazis on the moon? Is it called Nazis on the moon? <laughs> uh, there's probably a movie called that. I'm not sure. Yeah. Um, the Wolfenstein games probably, yeah. uh, the newer ones probably would yeah. be in that diesel punk category. But stuff around this time period. You know, I'm, and it's... I just something about it, and, and I think what it is is because I, I I was sort of you know growing up a little bit of a like a military aviation buff or, or right. nerd I guess is the word. Um, I was into like the planes. I was really into like I built the models. I like mm-hmm. had books on all of them, and just to sort of see it treated like an art project. Sure, I mean that makes sense when when you're you watch something. It's easier to suspend the disbelief. Like the less you know about it, yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> and the more you know about it, the more you're like, "Ooh, this! I don't like it." Yeah, I actually spent a lot of time today looking up um, the mechanics of pusher type engines because mm. I want to, I want to debunk how his plane couldn't fly. <laughs> so I think uh, you got to remember it's powered by that cosmic cube, though. Oh, right, which, by magic, which makes it work. Yeah. Um. So it's funny because I this was one of the ones just like Thor. Um, I knew you would get into Thor. I kind of thought you would you would dig specifically this Captain America movie because of yeah. the World War II stuff. I didn't think too hard about it. <laughs> and then like when we started watching it, I wasn't looking at you, but when they started introducing some of those elements, I could feel you <laughs> like behind me. You're out of my line of sight. Yeah. You didn't say anything. Uh-huh. You didn't do anything. <laughs> but I could feel <laughs> disapproving. And I was like, oh, Nick's not going to like this. <laughs> I was like, I was looking at it and I'm like, I could just feel like, no, Nick doesn't like this. Yeah. 
<laughs> just looking at it on the screen. I also am a big fan of the classic war movie. Yeah. Like I, I, as a genre, I really love like Thin Red Line is probably, it's my favorite war movie, mm-hmm. favorite World War, II, World war II movie. It's up there for, in the running for my favorite movie of all time. Mm. Um, there's some fantastic Vietnam movies that I like deer hunter is just phenomenal. And mm-hmm. like, I mean, they're, I could just like probably half of my top 20 is going to be war movies. Yeah. Maybe. I don't know. That might be going too far, but <laughs> so uh, I have high expectations when it comes to a war movie and reality is one of <laughs> one of them, or at least, you know, getting, getting the facts right. And sure. so that's, I just had a hard time getting past that even knowing it was a superhero movie. So that being said, I'll stop talking about that. Okay. All right, good. I'm glad you got it out of your system. And let's talk about, so I just, I have a question. What was the super soldier program like during world war two? I know it wasn't this, (laughs) but how, what advances did they make? Oh God. (laughs) Just kidding. Uh, Let's, uh, let's go to the recap. Yeah. Uh, So what, what happens? You're you're a little bit of assistance here, but uh, so it starts off in modern, modern day. Yeah. Some scientists are up in, uh, North North Pole or something. <laughs> yeah, uh, visiting Santa. <laughs> yeah, they're in Santa's workshop, and uh, they they're approaching this wrecked. Um, you don't know what it is. It looks kind of like some fuselage of a plane, and they go down in it, and everything's wrecked and icy. And they see they kind of scrape some snow away, and they see what looks to be uh, a red, white, and blue shield. Yes, which you know I even not knowing this. Had not having seen this movie, I was familiar enough to know that's Captain America's shield. Yes. Um, so then, cut to the forties. Yeah. Uh, I guess it's. Does it start with him trying to sign up for? It starts in Norway. That's actually. right. It starts in Norway in Tonsberg, yeah. which is the same same place, town, the same town that the, the. I keep wanting to call them ice trolls, the frost giants. <laughs> totally different. The yeah. Fr- the Frost Giants, giants, giants. Uh, they attacked Tonsberg yeah. in 965. So this is like in the, I don't remember the exact year, like 43, mm-hmm. something like that, 41. And they are attacking, uh, the Nazis uh, yes. are attacking this town in, in Norway. And they're coming after, they're in this um, sort of like Viking uh, reliquary kind of, mm-hmm. uh, you know, tomb. Sure. I don't know what you call it. Yeah. Um, and there's sort of these, these uh, guys... Um, you know, uh, caretakers of this. Yeah. This Gar- guarding it. Guarding it. Yeah. But they're like old. Yeah. And, uh, so they, bla- the, uh, what's, uh, what's Hugo Weaving's character's um, name? His name is, uh, Schmidt. Schmidt. Right. Yeah. So Schmidt, um, blasts in with a, with a tank and, uh, he basically steals this artifact that's being, that was hidden secretly, I might add in, um, one of the tombs, like one of the sidewalls of this tomb and uh, it's this blue glowy thing. Do you remember what the 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 wall was like? What the it was, it was a, the tr- it was the tree. Yeah, it was um oh gosh, is 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 Drisol or something like yes. that? Yes, yeah, yeah. The, it's the it's world tree, world tree. Uh huh. Yeah. Exactly. Um, which is pretty cool. And so he steals that, um, kills the guy, guys, mm-hmm. and then uh, so we know that. Uh, a bad guy has got his hands on something of immense power. Yeah. It's kind of the the gist. Of, we don't the, really know who he is and what his what motivations are and what it is that he's got. But he it's got that uh, Pulp Fiction thing. He opens the box and yeah, his face yeah. glows blue uh-huh. with what's in there. So so then we cut to um, 
Steve Rogers. Yes. So Steve's a little puny guy. He's a little wimpy, wimpy puny. Yeah. Wimp. It's the diary of a wimpy kid. Yes. And he, uh, the diary is full of him trying to get into the army. Yeah. He wants to go fight the baddies. And we get the sense this is, um, this is something he's he's gone through before. He 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 wants to sign up, yep. but he's just he's just too darn small. He's too darn small. He's got a list of ailments. Yeah. That make him uh, comparable to an old man. Yeah, he's a poor candidate. For and a uh, so he gets failed uh, apparently the fourth time, which I guess is like your final chance, mm. sort of implied. That's the impression yeah. I got. Like, yeah. you get four tries, and now you're you're done. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if I'm making that up or not, but uh, I do know that, and it could be that it's not so much like it's one try, but he is, he keeps faking. He's, he keeps coming up with fake. He's doing uh, identity fraud, right? He's doing it. He's doing it. (laughs) (laughs) He's doing identity. He's doing an identity fraud. (laughs) And so I think that is the technical term (laughs) doing. Yeah. (laughs) That's the legal term. Yeah. Uh, so he's, and, but he's told get out of here, kid. Yeah. Saving your life. Yep. Um, so his, buddy um wait he gets beat up at some point he goes to the movies yep and ahead of the he tells somebody shut up there's like a newsreel yeah and the guy's like we don't want to see this i want to see the cartoon i don't want to see about our boys in blue fighting Mm -hmm. overseas there i guess they didn't wear blue but you know what i mean yeah 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 (laughs) that's that would be police officers but you know what i mean our soldiers (laughs) fighting overseas he's he's being disrespectful and loud right and steve rogers is the only person in the theater who stands up to him yeah and says show some respect and then he that guy beats Steve up in the alleyway after the movie. Yeah, or know, immediately. I don't know. It's yeah. Well, yeah. It's like the the implied like, you want to take it outside, yeah. and Steve Rogers is like, yeah, I'll do that. But he's just completely outmatched. Um, but he keeps getting up, and he's very tenacious. Do you remember what he says? Uh, yes, I do. Uh, something about I could do this all day. That's exactly what yeah. he says. Yeah, he I'd... says that exactly. <laughs> I could do this all day, and he gets like a he gets a little the trash can lid, like, yeah. kind of like a shield. And, and that's when Bucky shows up and kind of yeah. saves the day. And mm-hmm. you know he's sort of irritated that his friend you know shows up to kind of help him out, but yeah. he's also grateful. Sure. Yeah. Um. So there, Bucky's his buddy. Um. They're both sort of grew up on the street together, kind of folks. Um, Bucky has enlisted. Mm-hmm. Um, he's excited. He invites him to go on a double date, go out hanging out uh, on the town. But he's still pretty down in the dumps. Yeah, he. Uh, they go to a expo. Like yeah, like and a world's see, fair uh, kind of thing. You see a very young um, Stark, Howard Stark, Howard Stark, Tony um, Stark's father, yep, his dad. Yep, and uh, <laughs> he's doing something with a, a floating car that doesn't <laughs> work or something. Yeah. And he says, uh, he's like, he said, he's like, soon we'll be floating. And he like goes to do it, but it fails. And he says, I, di- I did say it wasn't ready, right? Or, yeah. <laughs> I don't remember his exact words, yeah. but it was something like that, you know, kind of laughing off his failure. Right. Um, but it's pretty cool. So uh, at that point, um, he kind of sneaks off and is trying to enlist again. Mm-hmm. And he has been overheard complaining about this by a doctor scientist type. You don't know who he is yet. Um, And then, um, so you, 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 it's heavily implied that he's again, forging, you know, some documents, you know, committing fraud. Specifically like calls him out on it. Yeah. Like, who are you going to be this time or something? And so this doctor then walks in and you think, uh Oh, he's been caught. There's a big sign. This is like, it is a federal crime to lie on your, on your enlistment forms or something. And so you think he's in trouble, mm-hmm. but it turns out um, 
he likes the this doctor likes the cut of his jib mm-hmm. and uh, thinks he might be a good candidate for this pr- uh, project. And the doctor, by the way, like I think fully knows that he's been going all over town trying to yeah. enlist. Like, yeah, he, he he's kind of got like a big file. He's looking at aliases. Yeah. yeah, so and he, that's Erskine, right? Yes, Abraham Erskine. Erskine. Am I saying that right? Erskine. I don't Erskine. Know. Erskine. Erskine. Yeah. Erskine. Um, and so he's working on something called the Super Serum or the Super Soldier Serum. Yeah. Um, project and. Uh, so before they, they can roll into that, he has to kind of go through some basic training and, and yeah. he has to get buy-in from the army that this is their candidate. Yeah. He's in like, he's like in a class with like other candidates. Yeah. So like, like kind of like in like their version of a boot camp. Yeah. And, and like the, everybody else is more traditional, like big burly, like the best of the best. Yep. And Steve Rogers is the only one there for his like pluck and his attitude. mentality. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Cause he is definitely not physically on yep. the same level as these other guys. So he shows a couple of times that while he, he lacks in the physicality, he's definitely very smart. He's a problem solver. And then the big thing is when, um, uh, Tommy Lee Jones's character, Colonel Phillips, Phillips yeah. tosses a fake grenade, uh, into their sort of train. They're doing calisthenics and, yeah. and everyone scatters, but, um, Steve, Steve mm-hmm. Z, um, falls on the grenade to sacrifice himself to save everyone. Yeah. Not knowing that it's not a real grenade. Yeah. And so that was sort of the clincher was, okay, this guy is the guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Know, he, he's got the heart and he's got the, the brains, mm-hmm. you know, let's zap him with some yeah. super serum. Let's get him with those Vita rays. Yeah. Vita rays. <laughs> so that's veering into like atomic punk Vita rays. Yeah. Yeah. It reminds me of, um. Bioshock too. Yeah. With the Vita Vita chambers. That's what they're called. I feel better already. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh so while all of this is going on Okay, so no, um so we'll 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 come back to that. So um he's the candidate. They um they take him to this big uh lab and they stick him in this little casket thing and they zap him with the Vita rays, Vita rays mm-hmm. and um he comes out big and strong. Yeah. Um I do, would like to pause and say and I'm sure we'll talk about it. No, 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 I'll I'll save it. So um <laughs> That's twice you've done that. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you're right. Let's save it. Let's save it. Let's save it. Whatever it is, we're saving it. So uh at that point a- an assassin um blows up the joint and uh kills Erskine and I guess he takes the plans or did he was his whole thing just to disrupt. He was there to he stole like the there's other like test tubes. OK, so he stole he stole a them, sample. Yeah. And or like almost all of it of the serum. Yeah. Of the serum. And then. So he takes off. Uh, and it gets like smashed, though. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Steezy um, takes after runs after him has like a big chase sequence. You can yeah. it's sort of like showing off his new powers. He's really fast, he's really strong. Yep. More so than a, a regular even an in shape human could be. Um so, and uh catches the guy who takes who crunches his little cyanide tooth and right. commits suicide um before or as he's revealing that he's part of Hydra. Yes. And um so Erskine's dead. The super serum uh, has been destroyed. All yep. the samples are gone. And the only result, the only thing that has come out of it is Steve Z himself. And let's let's run back just a minute because 
before this is kind of an important point before um erskine um before they do the the um the what's the, i keep wanting to call it a ceremony the, <laughs> the experiment you know the, the, mus- ser- the muscle ceremony the muscle ceremony um before they do that uh, Erskine and, and Steve Rogers kind of like have a moment and Erskine reveals that Johann Schmidt, the mm-hmm. head of Hydra, he was forced, Erskine was forced to give him an early prototype yeah. of the serum yeah. and it didn't work and it made him crazy. Yeah. And, but he's also like super strong now. And yeah. he, he kind of realized that's when Erskine realized like, it's not, it's not just about the muscles and stuff, but the, how his serum amplifies everything in you. So it, good becomes great. Yeah. And, Evil bad becomes, becomes worse. Evil. Yeah, you know, bad beco- and, and, worse becomes and that's, evil. And that's that's almost directly echoing sort of the the themes in Hulk. Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. uh, that with uh, abomination, right? With abomination, yeah. that the that the stuff was making bringing out amplifying the characteristics that you already have. And it it's uh, it, it ties together because we see that, or you know, in, in Incredible Hulk, it's implied that this is his whole research is a remnant of the super trying to program. recreate that. Yeah, yeah. exactly. That's pretty cool. I like that. Um, so yes, so we know that. And did did he call him Red Skull at that point? Um, I don't think so. Okay. I don't think we find out about the Red Skull okay. until a little. So he's still just a he's still just Schmidt, just a real Schmitty guy. And somewhere around this time, um, we see Schmidt is kind of like going against. Like Hitler's people pay a visit to him because yeah, he's, like a, he's yeah. the science division of Nazi Germany, right? And they're kind of like, "Hey, you feel like you're kind of wasting money? Like, what are you doing out here? You're crazy. You're going to Norway." Yep. Like, and he he kills them. He zaps them and is like, "We're you know we're kind of doing our own thing now." He, he whacked him. Yeah, he whacked him real good. They they see on a map. He's got a map of all these targets, uh-huh. and Berlin is on the yeah. map, and so he's he's kind of doing his own thing. So he zaps him and says, pretty much, um, Hydra is now its own thing. I'm declaring war against the entire world, including yes. the Nazis. Yeah. Um, he's just trying to do his own thing at this point. Cool. All right. So now back in it, he's Erskine's dead. Captain America. Is he's been made a glorified well, USO um, yes. tour character. Yeah. So he's selling war bonds by prancing around on a stage. And that's how they kind of work in that costume. Yeah. The, the comic uh-huh. book costume. Yeah. Which is, I like that. It yeah. It's a neat touch. Yeah. Um, so obviously he doesn't want to be doing that. He feels like it's a waste of what mm-hmm. talents have been given to him. But he, he starts to get into it a little bit. A little though. bit. A little he, bit. Like he starts off being kind of like, this is not a good time, but you know, people getting up on stage, everybody cheering for and that's you. When he's, he's, you know, doing this, these tours yeah. And it's great when it's just like an audience ch- of, clapping. Yeah, like investors right. and people. But you then know. he goes and is performing for the first time before some troops. In Italy, yeah. In Italy. And uh, they hate it. And yeah. Because, you know, they, they're calling him out for what he is, like a yeah. fake yeah. soldier. And they're, they're they don't saying, buy it. They yeah. don't buy it. And sort of he, that sort of brings him crashing back down. It's like, what am I doing? This is yeah. ridiculous. Yeah. Um, I want to help. I want to do something real. Mm-hmm. And it turns out uh, that that division was the division that his buddy Bucky was mm-hmm. in. Mm-hmm. And he and some other people had been on a mission. They didn't return. Yeah. Um, they're missing, uh, presumed killed. Uh, Steezy doesn't buy it. And he wants to go find, uh, he wants to go try to rescue or, or uh, Bucky. Yeah. Um, and so they, uh, so we uh, we've also have skipped over the introduction of, um, 
his uh the british um, yeah like attache or whatever attache yeah I f- peggy f- carter peggy carter yeah um who uh is cool calm and collected very much like um in charge and you know limited by the gender roles of the time period yeah but very much like could be doing a lot more if yeah permitted like mm-hmm. she's very smart very capable mm-hmm. and so she she knows uh she's she's very intimate with Hy- the details of hydra and what's going on so she knows there's a base 20 or 30 miles away yeah and so she uh orchestrates um this calls in a favor with stark mm-hmm. um to fly steve rogers over uh and he jumps out he parachutes out of the plane mm-hmm. And um, sort of single-handedly uh, infiltrates this Hydra yeah. base, and sure enough, there are like dozens, if not a hundred or more, uh, American and otherwise uh, Allied prisoners. Right. Uh, and he releases them all and says he says something about like you know uh, make it messy or you know make it messy on the way out. Like okay, yeah, you know, yeah, like yeah, yeah, yeah. Blow everything up and yeah, and co- you know. So. Um, he and Bucky's there, and uh, this is also the introduction of sort of like this motley crew of commandos that he kind of the Howling Commandos. Yes, the Howling Commandos that he kind of runs with for the rest of the movie, um, and so Red Skull or sorry Schmidt um, sort of sees all this happening on like security mm-hmm. and self destructs the yeah the the uh, the building or the facility rather. And they sort of have a quick um, confrontation confrontation, and, mm-hmm. and realize and uh, Captain America, Steve, realizes that this guy is strong, too. Like he yeah. punches him and it doesn't do what it does to normal people. Right. Yeah. And then he peels back his face and he's got this uh, bare red skull as yeah. if like the his, his flesh melted. Yeah. Off. Right. And he's just been wearing a. A mask a the mask. whole time. Yep. So, but he's like done with the mask at this point. And so, uh, they manage to escape, um, and he kind of marches back into camp triumphant with all these uh, prisoners that he's released, along with a bunch of captured, uh, you know, tanks and yeah, like stuff. The, the fancy weapons made with this tesseract. Yeah, the the power that like Johan laser guns. Yeah, so they don't have the source, but. He's been using it to make weapons, so they've got some some cool laser guns, uh-huh. just like they had in the real World yep. War Two. Exactly, <laughs> that part exactly. Is, is there. <laughs> so he he got a glimpse of uh, a map of all the Hydra bases. Yeah, that's important. So when he rescues Bucky, he looks like he was being tortured or something. And for some reason, I'm not sure I understand this. Why in the torture room would there just be an arbitrary <laughs> yeah. map of all their bases? Yeah. It's a trick. <laughs> it's, yeah. uh, it's not a trick. It's their actual map. And so apparently, um, you know, he's a smart dude. And I guess it amplified his, the super serum amplified his mental powers as well. So he uh, is able to sort of memorize that map just by looking at it mm-hmm. closely. And so he comes back and he's got all that info in his head. And he wants to um, make it his job to one by one systematically eradicate those facilities and Hydra. Yeah. And because of his success on this one, which he was in, went in by himself mm-hmm. and, and came out with all these liberated 
prisoners of war and all these weapons and destroyed the base. Yep. They're like, okay, you can do that again. Yeah. We trust you. <laughs> so at this point, um, he gets his shield. Yeah. Um, Stark made it for him. Yeah. And he had a bunch of stuff and that he didn't want, like fancy yeah. stuff. He just, yeah. and he found that one shield and was yeah. like, oh yeah, it's just a vibranium shield, yeah. you know, but that's what he wanted. Mm-hmm. Um, so the, 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 the thing about that is that it, it doesn't, um, what is it? It doesn't absorb shock waves, essentially. Yeah, yeah. It's it's uh it's totally resistant to, um, yeah, like to vibration. Yeah. So he uh also can throw it around and mm-hmm. w- you know wang it off people's heads. One of the theories. It's it's funny you mentioned that the the serum enhanced his mental acuity because he could memorize that map. One of the theories is that it also increases. Like he's not like. Oh, I'm Tony Stark and I can build an Iron Man suit, but he's like something's working overtime in his brain yeah. where he can do these he's at a level where he doesn't know he's doing it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like um like a very very high level like uh, you know, a soccer player or a basketball player yeah. that you know, they know exactly the angle with which to hit a ball or throw a ball yeah. to you know, get it through this number of people, bounce off the floor and come up at this angle to set it, you know. Yeah. It, and that's what he can do with his shield. Right. And he can just wang it all around. Yep. And, it, and, and, and even infinitely more complicated. He's like, yeah. okay, I can wang it off of that. That'll hit this guy. It'll rebound off of that other guy and then come back to me. Yeah. And he does then, it without even thinking about yeah. it. It just becomes almost an instinct. Yep. I thought that was kind of neat. Yeah. Um, so they're going around smashing up all the Hydra bases. Yeah. Smashing them real good. And, um, oh, they end up uh, doing like a train heist. Yeah, so that's kind of like the big turn. One of a, one of the big turning points. They, um, so the the Nazi the Hydra uh, scientist or like technology officer type guy that Artem work- Zola. Yes, Zola that works for Red Skull mm-hmm. um, uh, is on this train, and they think, oh, okay, here's our opportunity. And so they that's they do like a big train heist sequence, which is pretty fun. They manage to capture Zola, but Bucky falls off into this big ravine, mm-hmm. um, presumably dead. <laughs> I know he's not. I haven't seen those movies, but I know he's not. We'll see. I've seen trailers. Oh, we'll see. Okay. <laughs> those are all elaborate fakes to trick you. <laughs> I'm sorry, but Bucky's gone. Oh, too bad. He. <laughs> so that's kind of like a yeah, like an emotional turn for for Steve Rogers yep. to lose his best friend. And so that sort of like solidifies this sort of anger and, and now resolve. It's personal. Yeah. Now it's personal. Um, Phillips uh, interrogates Zola and gets the uh, location of the final Hydra base, essentially like the, the real one. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Like the, uh, and gets that location. And so they assault it. Um, uh, that battle sequence um, was kind of nuts. Yeah, it was cool and irritating at the same time. <laughs> yeah, you know, like it, it, like any good set piece. You know, the action was fun, but yeah, it was just sort of silly, like just seeing the laser beams zapping everywhere. And yeah, but and, but then also Captain America is a very physical, like punch you kind of guy. Yeah, so he needs to be up like close and right. people, um, which you know didn't I'm guessing didn't happen a ton in world war ii <laughs> not a lot of hand-to-hand combat at least not in like a large open yard in, <laughs> yeah, in, yeah. which is sort of like the setting of most of that fight yeah. sequence like mm-hmm. you know there's like 50 guys with guns and mm-hmm. you're just a guy running around in like a large open area <laughs> like they're gonna shoot you yeah um so you know that aside um good 
you know, fun action sequence. He gets in, um, confronts Red Skull. Mm-hmm. Um, On the aircraft. Right, that's, that's right. So Red Skull escapes. Off, it's, it's, it's this giant like flo- floating fortress yes that's it, like way bigger than any bomber uh-huh of the time and it's it's taking like their tesseract infused weapons and it's going to attack new york city and uh inexplicably it <laughs> there's a ghost in here that really really startled <laughs> me uh inexplicably his futuristic amazing stealth bomber looking thing has pusher type Propellers. So you said you were done on the <laughs> <laughs> on the back of the airplane. Okay, I'm done. Okay, uh, <laughs> it's not the way things work. It's well, we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> seemed to work pretty good. Yeah, but to be fair, it the seemed, airplane it seemed to work pretty good when it was animated in CG. <laughs> Apparently, though, it didn't work so well because the plane doesn't make it. Yeah, yeah. Um, because it does get. Uh, so they they're fighting. He manages to to run after it and leap onto the planets it's taking off yeah um confronts red skull on the um bridge i guess of the yeah. the airship and they and fight they fight and in the fight the the housing that has the the tesseract this mm-hmm. blue thing uh is broken and so red skull for some reason d- picks it up he's he's feeling a little cocky yeah he's like i've been using this to power my weapons even though it really aren't zola but whatever yeah he's like i was the manager so <laughs> yeah i get some I'll credit. Take credit yeah and so he's like i got this and he he he's, you know refers to like harnessing the power of the gods and yeah he knew it came from or he he you know it there's definitely the implication like oh this came from asgard you uh-huh. know and this is, you know, like a, a nor, you know, like a, a weapon Thor might have. Yep. And so he picks it up and like melts. Like, yeah. It's yeah. very um, Raiders of the Lost Ark. Oh yeah, totally. And he just vanishes. And yep. And as soon as the 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 cube hits the the deck, it melts through the plane and falls into the ocean. Yeah. And so now the plane is apparently broken. And um, well, it's and he can't because he can't stop it. He can't turn it around. Yeah. But it. it and there's, I guess, enough payload still on it that he doesn't want it to crash anywhere near the the eastern seaboard. Mm-hmm. So he smashes it into Santa's workshop, <laughs> right um, into, I guess, Greenland. I guess. Uh huh. And uh, and he's presumably dead. Yep. Uh, he tells Peggy that they'll go dancing next Saturday. Have to, yeah, because they we didn't mention this. They had kind of a burgeoning yeah, romance, there's definitely a, a romance flirtiness. Thing. Yeah, and uh, and so he they had a standing date to go on the dance yeah. before the thing mm-hmm. and then he's telling her he might be a little late yep um when he put he has to put the plane down so he wakes up and he's in a hospital bedroom um you know presumably of the time period yeah there's a game he's looking playing on the baseball game playing on the radio new york's out the window he quickly realizes it's a game that he not only he know, not only does he know that this game happened in the past, he was there mm-hmm. at the game, and that's how he knew it. And he didn't. He doesn't know about reruns yet. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know. Um, and uh, I so, think that's also another maybe indication of his memory. You know, yeah. Because I don't know. I've been to baseball games. Yeah. I don't know if I could hear somebody calling it. And be, like, be like, I've seen that game. I was at that game. Yeah. <laughs> Unless like, it was like a particular, like the World Series final or something. Yeah. You know, like how do you remember that? Yeah. But. Um, yeah, so I guess that is a, an indication of his mental acuity. So uh, w- once he points that out, they sort of know the gig's up. So, like, these guys come in. He throws them through a wall. He realizes there's just a little set 
that mm-hmm. he's been in and he runs out into Times Square and is amazed uh some you know cars and and men surround him yeah and Nick Fury uh Nick Frost comes up and uh is like hey you've been as- I think he says asleep yeah which is a- an interesting <laughs> way of phrasing it yeah and I, and I I guess I don't know. They don't. Do they really explain like what happened to him? Did he get frozen? So the implication is that a normal person would have froze to death, but because of his, he was just he, suspended. Yeah, he was in suspended animation. Okay, and that's like straight from the comic books. Is it? Yeah. Okay. So I'll well I'll just that's fine. <laughs> that one doesn't bother me as much as most of the other stuff. Yeah. So anyway, so he's been asleep. He's been frozen or whatever. And Nick Frost is like. Uh, um, Cafe Ole. What? That was the only Nick Frost line I could think of <laughs> okay. off the top of my head. Okay. From uh... <laughs> so, I just want to clarify for people confused. He's talking about Nick Fury, <laughs> who is not Nick Frost. <laughs> oh man. Okay. So uh, he's he uh, Nick Fury is like, hey, there's um, you know, there's jobs for you or whatever. Yeah, he's beating up the punching bag, and yeah, now nah, yeah. So that's at the end, and then we go to the in after the credit sequence. Um, he's like, "Hey, how you doing? You're not still not sleeping, not doing good. There, we got a job for you." Mm-hmm. And he says, "Trying to get me back into the world," and he's like, "Trying to save it." So that's the plot. The end. The end. Um. Oh, there is a scene after he crashes the plane, and everybody's sad that he died. Uh, we see Howard Stark going into the ocean to retrieve the Tesseract. Okay, yeah, but he yep. doesn't. He doesn't find. He's looking for Captain America, but he can't find him. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we find out. We realize that they don't. What we saw at the beginning of the movie was them finally finding the plane seventy yeah. years later, yep. or so, ever many years later. So there it is. Um, let's talk a little bit about some of the details. Let's. I know we were saving some stuff. Um, so. We've talked about how he was falsifying records to try to get into the army. Yeah. Um, it's interesting. Um, S- Steve Rogers has a very, um, he's got a very uh, strong moral compass and wants to do the right thing. Yeah. Um, but has no problem breaking the law or lying. Uh, yeah. To I do think, what he thinks is the right I thing. I think, yeah. And, and same with going on that mission, the unapproved yeah. mission is yeah. that what he feels is right. He feels that that prerogative is, or that imperative is higher than any sort of arbitrary rules that might uh, prevent him from doing that said uh, thing. He's not necessarily lawful good. Yeah. He he will break a law. Yeah. 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 He's not, he, he, he ascribes to a higher purpose. Neutral good, chaotic good. Not chaotic good. I guess neutral good. Yeah. Um, I guess I would call that. I mean, he's closer to lawful good. You think of him, you think of lawful good, but he's like has no problem if he thinks the law is not just. Yeah. Then he's like, well, we're just not going to do that. Then. Right. He's not torn up about it. Yeah. He's not like, oh, geez. He's like, yeah, okay, yeah. Well, that law doesn't apply. But then at the same time, like when he went on that mission, when he came back, his first reaction was to s- submit himself for punishment. That's true. That's true. So, and, you it, know, we get the idea that maybe if he had been able to be enlisted and went to war when the war's over, he might have come back and said, oh, by the way, I lied on my form, so I'm in trouble. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it doesn't prevent him from breaking the rules. Right. But, but that also just kind of adds to his moral character of doing the right thing. Absolutely. Um, so I, I like that. Um, While we're talking about that sort of time period... Um, I uh, really thought the 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 CG um, to uh, make him 
look skinny or to put his face on a body double, mm-hmm. rather, I guess, is what it was, uh, looked great. It, it's incredible. It's actually not any one thing. They did, like, three different things. Oh, really? So, um, and to they they wanted to make sure when they were shooting it, they knew it was going to be really effects heavy. Or <laughs> they went into it thinking, like, Captain America won't be that effects heavy, right? He's just really strong. He can yeah. jump far. That's 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 easy. He's not like he's the Hulk. And yeah. then they got into it and they're like, oh, right. He's supposed to be really scrawny for a third of the movie. Yeah. And they're like, this is going to be really effects heavy. So they, they employed like a couple different techniques. It was really interesting. Um, they had a, a scrawny guy who was like a stand-in. Uh-huh. And then um, they would um, digitally put his face on there. That was one of the things they did. But another thing they would do on the scene is they would actually take a shot of him and because if you look at the face, you know, like his face, he's a broad necked, you know, broad jawed. He's like a yeah. beefy dude, even in his face. Yeah. And that wouldn't work. You know, this giant head that, on his little yeah. body. So they digitally went in and like made his cheeks more concave to yeah. give him that sunken look. They took in his neck like frame by frame they yeah. repainted everything but his facial features so right. that because they really wanted to have his chris evans acting in that yeah. and so they like brought in his shoulders and scooped his shoulders down so instead of the big broad-shouldered guy he had kind of like a coat hanger thing yeah they would do that in some scenes instead of a body double um they would bring in the body double and put the face on when he had to be like standing next to somebody uh-huh. you know but it's crazy when they were shooting it they weren't sure what the effects team would need and they didn't want the effects team to not have enough uh-huh. so they basically shot every scene every way so huh. that they would be able to use what they needed so very, they, very they did it they did it with um they would shoot chris evans in front of a green screen they would shoot him there um with dots on his face, they would shoot the stand-in. With dots on his face, they would shoot the scene empty uh-huh. without Chris Evans. Like they did, like because they just weren't sure what they would need. Yeah. So they just gave them here's everything. Wow. Pick the best method for each scene, and sometimes they would do both. Sometimes they would, you know, they would have to put the his face on the bu- on the body double, and sometimes the body double, who was a little guy, he still looked he didn't look sickly enough you know so they would actually bring in the body doubles dimensions too so (laughs) it was a crazy process to think this was done in 2011 yeah and how good and convincing it looks yeah uh kevin feige had like a little thing where he he wasn't sure this was kind of i think this was with a um it was a screen test so they hadn't cast chris evans yet but they had a muscular guy and they kind of just to prove they could do it they put the muscular guy's face on the thing and they showed it to some some top people at the studio and and marvel people and they were like wow those effects are incredible how did you get the muscles to look like how did you add the muscles onto that little guy he's like that's not the effect those are real muscles like the little guy was the effect and they're like what (laughs) and kevin foggy was like okay this is gonna work yeah (laughs) i fooled like the movie people yeah that's awesome yeah so it's cool it's it's really groundbreaking nothing had been done like that up to that point and really you don't see a lot of it now you know like Uh that's a, a pretty unusual effect um in that same vein the uh the transformation scene um you know normally you would you especially after watching hulk you know you expect to see like oh his muscles bulging mm-hmm. you know and, and they just put him in a chamber you know yeah. and they decided that they didn't want to necessarily show that right. on purpose because you've seen that a bunch of times and yeah they wanted to kind of make you you know it's not a it's a physical transformation but he's the same guy that went in is the same guy that came out yeah and it's more of like a before and after yeah mm-hmm. like you know like after three years of hard training here's yeah. how i look you know <laughs> they uh 
that scene when he first comes out, that's one of those things where you hear about where um, obviously he's working out a ton, but like those kinds of like money shots, you know, where you get the the actor's muscles and everything. Yeah. They have to go through so much work just for that, you know, constant, like never stop working out yeah. until you're doing the scene. You're not allowed to drink water Yo, for yeah. like hours and hours. Yeah, and hours. Yeah, yeah. You drink a ton of water the day before uh-huh. and then no water the next yeah, day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that you look all like, so your skin gets all tight. Yep. And uh-huh. it's, um, it's actually, uh, I can't think of her name now, but the actress who plays Peggy Carter, when she sees him, she touches his chest and that wasn't a stage direction she instinctually could not help herself <laughs> but touched his pecs and that was just a knee-jerk reaction that's hilarious to seeing him without his shirt on yeah and she was like oh, i'm so sorry <laughs> uh but uh, so that, uh, that's, that's funny. A, um very similar to what um like boxers do on uh, like and like ufc type mm-hmm. stuff when they do weigh-ins like mm-hmm. it, it's not healthy oh no you know, it and it you it feel re- terrible the whole yeah. day because yeah. you're not drinking water, right? And uh, you're like manipulating your body weight, yeah, like, to look a certain way. Mm-hmm. And you know, like, just a, a slight tangent, but like all of these like fitness people who are social media icons, like mm-hmm. anybody who's on Instagram that does fitness, mm-hmm. that's exactly what they're doing. Yeah. They have like photo shoot days yeah. where they've worked up to it. They're hurting their actual body mm-hmm. to look good for you know a two hour shoot. Yeah. Um, it's just fascinating that yeah. that you can manipulate your body to such a degree that, and like, yes, he's in shape already. He's yeah. in great shape, yeah. you know, and he's got big muscles, but yeah, to, to, to minimize your, you know, fat percentage and your water, yeah. uh, you know, your water weight and stuff. Well, it's, it's interesting too, because you get the arms race of looking like that in these movies, uh, it's a really interesting, uh, you know thing to do use an experiment you can do if you go onto google and google pictures of hugh jackman from the 2000 uh x-men movie okay that came out in the year 2000 and google a picture of him side by side a picture of him from the wolverine in 2014 oh yeah same actor same, same character role, same character but what constituted a fit uh male body in yeah. those, for a superhero how that's who's changed. strong yeah how, it's insane yeah hugh jackman in 2000 looks like me without my shirt off well not really (laughs) but he's he's just a regular looking dude yeah and then in 2014 it looks like somebody painted that it doesn't look like a real person yeah so it's just nuts the the uh the change in just 14 years yeah and and the marvel movies are and of course x-men isn't cinematic universe but it's marvel and they really that's a staple in in a lot of these oh yeah it's got to be hyper realistic Mm -hmm. yeah um and, and verging that, into non-realistic at yeah. this point. And you can see, you know, to uh, another extent, I mean, Camille Nanjiani, who's just cast in yep. a Marvel movie, uh-huh. who's, you know, yeah. really rich I just, now. I just saw the, the pictures of it, that. It's definitely part of it. Yeah. You, you know, like you have to do that. Yeah. Like Paul Rudd. Uh-huh. So anyway, we'll, we'll, we'll get into that. People who are not known for their body. Their you know, physiques, cause, yeah. Because Chris Evans and, and Chris Hemsworth, they were already big dudes, yeah, you yeah. know. But uh, but yeah, when you, it, it's just crazy what, what level... Mm-hmm. Uh, it That's takes fascinating. It to, it's not the last time we'll see uh, that in a, mm-hmm. in a Marvel movie. Well, I actually, and I know, again, I know I'm not supposed to read um, too much, but I was just on the wiki, um, the Wikipedia page for this. Um, and uh, the actress who plays Peggy Carter, mm-hmm. also, that was one of her um, uh, things was like a hardcore workout routine, six yeah. days a week for like, you know, since when she was cast until shooting, you know, yeah. through shooting. 
Um, even though like she's in a bulky uniform, in a bulky almost. uniform for most of it. Yeah. Exactly. That's nuts. The yeah. only the only time you're exempt is if you're an old guy. Like Tommy Lee Jones yeah. probably didn't have to work out yeah. that much. <laughs> uh, yeah. Michael Douglas and Amen probably didn't have to work out right. that much. Um, so let's uh, unless there's anything else you want after this, let's move into the trivia corner. It's time for Aaron's trivia corner. Oh, man, that was that's a loud one. They say uh, go big. Or go home. Okay. Well, go loud or go home. You're already home. So, <laughs> so in my case, it's go loud and stay home. <laughs> All right. So, Captain America first peered, first appeared, first peered first into peered my window in uh, on ni- Wednesday night. 1941 was his first appearance in the comic books. Okay. So this is well before Iron Man, Hulk, uh-huh. uh huh, Ant Man, all those, all those characters. Uh, Thor were in the 60s. Okay. So Captain America is from a totally different era in the comic books. He was kind of written as like, you know, they, they were looking for answers to DC, which was the comic. Uh-huh. You had, they had Superman. They had Batman 1941. Okay. They needed some stuff. Yeah. Let's let's get in there. And so they said, you know what? Um, the the creator, uh, Joe Simon, I believe his name was, he... Um, he wanted to. So he noticed Batman was really successful, and Batman had really good villains. So he's like, "I'm going to start with the villain, and I'm going to work backwards and get the hero from that." Interesting. Okay. And he was like, "Who's the worst villain?" Uh, Adolf Hitler. Yeah. <laughs> so Hitler's is is the villain, and so then he went. He got to Captain America from there. And <laughs> okay. Um, um, at the end of the war, um, he he goes into the ice, similar to what happens at the end of this movie when the war is over. They kind of put a little cap on Captain America and and put him in the ice. Um, he came back in the fifties okay. and was a little more violent and a little more really? like a less, little less morally pure. Okay, a and, little more anti-communist. And they they retconned that to be like, oh, that was a imposter. He was interesting. He's not, he's not. That wasn't the real Captain America. That was a guy who was pretending to be Captain America. Weird. Um, he gets um when when uh in the 60s when marvel's really try- having a hard time getting its foothold yeah in, in the comics and um they they kind of make a mark with spider-man and um and and hulk some of this and fantastic four is a big deal uh-huh. they're getting in there um they decide they want to do a kind of a, a answer to the justice league their first crack at it was uh fantastic four but uh, that was more of a family. So they wanted a superhero team. So they're like, we're going to do the Avengers and they bring Captain America back okay. to join the Avengers. And he's, he's a man out of time yeah. uh, in the sixties. He's been frozen for almost 20 years. Yeah. So uh, that's kind of a theme with Captain America, you know, from, from early on. Uh-huh. And of course now if he's a world war two fighter, that time period has to keep even more growing, shifted. growing. Yeah. yeah. So 20 years was, you know, was a big deal and that would be a big deal to be gone for that long. Yeah. But now it's in this movie, it's 70 years, uh-huh. but that's where it comes from. The further we get from world war two, right. You got to do. Yeah. You know? Um, so I, I find that to be pretty interesting. Um, speaking of Avengers, wait, wait so what's my trivia question? I'm about ready to do it. What is it? <laughs> Give me a second. <laughs> Speaking of the Avengers, <laughs> yeah. this movie is called Captain America: The First Avenger. Okay, he is not the first Avenger. What in the comics? What? Okay, there were other Avengers before him. In what order 
did he join the Avengers? What number? Oh. And I've got some numbers to pick from. Okay. Was he second to join? Okay. Third? Uh-huh. Sixth? Ugh. Or 23rd? What? How many Avengers are there? A lot. Well, that's more than I thought. <laughs> so I'm going to say, what was was third an option? Second, third, sixth, 23rd. I'm going to say he's third. Incorrect. Sixth. Sixth. Uh, that's right. Okay. So the original five Avengers. Oh, we'll see if I can do it without looking it up. Oh. Thor. Okay. I almost said Captain America. It's not Captain <laughs> America. Thor, Iron Man, uh-huh. Hulk, yeah. Ant-Man, and the Wasp. Oh. Those are the first five. Okay. Yeah. Um, and they were that way for like one issue. Uh-huh. And then the second issue, some stuff happens and they bring Captain America in to take the place of one of the members who leaves. Oh. And they give him founding Avenger status. Because one of the founding members leaves, so they, you know, so they don't treat him as a second string, yeah. you know. But he's technically not in that first issue, and not the first Avenger in the movies. And I guess what the movie's going for, and is that he was first, like chronologically, he was the first, <laughs> oh, sure. like superhero in the Marvel universe. Yeah, but not not Avenger, not technically. Uh, wow, well, that's <laughs> so, interesting. <laughs> yeah. So let's talk about how this fits into the larger narrative. Yeah, let's do that. Well, we talked about Tonsberg, Norway. Yep. Um, and he mentions Johann Schmidt. He says, this is the finest jewel in Odin's treasure room. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or he said... Something like that. Straight from o- He's, It was Odin, when he yeah. was looking at the fake one. He yeah. said, this would be... Oh, yeah, the that's finest, right. But then he like breaks it, if, yeah. if it wasn't fake or something. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. they reference Odin's treasure. So I like the Thor connections right off the bat. Yeah. Thor just was the, was previous to this, mm-hmm. and so it's like, look, it's the same. And so they don't they don't really talk about what the Tesseract is, where it came from, what it's doing here, why it's here. They nothing. Yeah. Um, which I gotta say does bother me a little bit. Like I was hoping, I want I want more of that. Like. Mm-hmm. I want it to be more than just a plot device. Sure. Um, you know, we had the cradle in Thor. Yeah. And that was very similar. Is it a cradle or casket? Casket. I'm sorry. Casket. Okay. You're right. Were You're we right. calling it cradle in the last? <laughs> no, probably not. Okay, good. I, th- I think that's just... Mm, oh, see br- broken fear. <laughs> if we did, we're retconning it right now. Yeah. Please email Nick Coward <laughs> oh. and let him know how upset you are. Because <laughs> so, I'm his hostage. <laughs> <laughs> you know, factually, it's the opposite. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I, I want to know what's going on with these artifacts, with these sure. items. And the, I the think I think that we will find out. I'm hoping and expecting that we will find out. I, I Like I said in the last episode... And I thought the the casket might have some connection or be an infinity infinity stone or something along or house an infinity stone or something. And I'm thinking that this tesseract might also be connected with that in some way, mm-hmm. be or house an infinity stone. But the problem is they're both blue. Yeah. And I don't, you know, just strict, you know, from an art design standpoint, yeah. like. It'd be like that if, if there's the Ninja Turtles and two of them wore purple bandana, right. yeah. but the other ones had different yeah. colors. Yeah. <laughs> What's going on with those two? So, you know, maybe so maybe it's not related. I just don't know. I'm just hoping that I get a little more explanation as we get deeper into the infinity aspect, which I know is coming at some point. Okay. 
So, and as we mentioned, the Tesseract, that was the thing seen at the end of Thor. Yes. That was what Nick Fury had in his little well, All right, so let me also say this. Why? Because that sequence doesn't really make sense. In Thor? So that scene, the post credit scene in Thor, mm-hmm. about... He, what's his name Selvig yeah Eric Selvig with Loki sort of controlling him mm-hmm. I guess we'll talk about that mm-hmm. at a later time okay okay we'll, we'll save it you'll save that maybe that'll we'll, we'll get a little more insight on the next movie yeah um so obviously the super soldier serum we've seen that in Hulk yeah yep and we and you you actually brought up uh, this was on my list to talk about Red Skull and the Abomination, yep. both unworthy totally, souls totally, who, who yep. got uh, their hands on a this lot of parallels technology. there. Um, one of the things we didn't talk about at all is the um, scientific. Ooh, it's the SSR, the Strategic Scientific Reserve, or the Scientific Strategic Reserve. And that's Reserve. what Peggy is part of, right? Yes. Okay. That is a like a, sort of a precursor to Shield, like okay. the World War II version yeah. of Shield, and it's the Allies' equivalent of Hydra. Okay, they're both there's like an arms race to like crazy alien technology, uh-huh. super advanced, anachronistic uh, um, technology in in this version of World War II. Yeah, and they're both super secret, and. Hydra's winning because yeah. they got their hands on this Tesseract uh-huh. and the SSR is woefully unprepared, even though they have a Stark working for them. Yeah. It's just not quite enough. Yeah. Floating um, cars don't compare. And they've got, they've got Erskine and they've got the vibranium. I guess it turns out to be enough because they win, but, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but they definitely, that kind of tips it. But yeah, so the, uh, and I'm, I'm trying to look up what it is exactly. Um, I believe it is called scrolling, scrolling, scrolling. I don't think that's what it's called. It's F definitely strategic scientific reserve. I got it right there. Oh, first you time. did. Yeah. Uh, don't doubt me. <laughs> <laughs> this is a warning. <laughs> um, so, but that's a precursor to Shield. You you get that sense that you could see Shield kind of because the strategic scientific reserve is not strictly American because you got Peggy Carter working on right. it. It's definitely an allied program. You got sure. Erskine who is a you know. Of course, he defected from Germany, yeah, and so it's it's definitely multinational, which which Shield is you know uh-huh. kind of implied to be as well, certainly. Um, so that's that's an, those are all neat times. Of course, at the end, you directly have Nick Fury and Shield, yeah, um, who have taken over, um, uh, keeping Steve Rogers, you know, kind of acclimating, reacclimating him into the world, and mm-hmm. they become his caretakers, basically. Yeah, which I would hope I would have something like that if I'm frozen seventy years. I'm pretty sure all my credit cards would stop working. <laughs> right. I might, I probably wouldn't have a job when uh-huh. it came out. I wouldn't probably, have, you know, I wouldn't have the super soldier serum. I wouldn't have any skills probably. Yeah. So, um, cause all my technology stuff would be pretty outdated. I would yeah. imagine I would hope in 70 years. So you just have to be a really buff homeless guy. You just need, I just need Nick Fury looking out for me. Yeah. <laughs> Giving me plenty of punching bags <laughs> Yeah. to, to knock off. So let's see what, what is next? We've gone through, um, are fitting into the larger narratives. Let's talk about rankings. This is yet another origin story, which uh, we know is your bread and butter. But <laughs> are you are you getting done with origin stories? Are you ready to get into the meat of it? You know, I, 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 I'm not done with them entirely, but yeah, I'm ready for something a little new, a little fresh. Okay. I'm ready to see what all the setup has been about. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I want to see some 
some tag team and adventures, and I think I think I know what's coming next. Well, let's let's talk about it a little bit. What's what's next week's film? I think next week's film is the Avengers. Yeah, and you would be correct. Um, and we're gonna do that next week. Let's get your Marvel interest meter. How excited are you? Uh, I'm excited. Yeah, excited. So more more excited going in than you were going into Captain America, or are you mm. like how how are you coming out on the other side? Think you about know, where you were. You've gone through the tunnel that is Captain America. Yeah, so, like, it's just such a funny thing. Because, like, I really do enjoy this movie. I like this movie. Yeah. Parts like of it, it bother the crap out of me. Yeah. And so it there I, that was makes like me a, like it more. <laughs> <laughs> I see how it is. Uh, part, so, like, it was like a weird dip in my interest while watching it. Uh-huh. And then as it was kind of wrapping up and, like... Seeing how it connected to some of the other stuff, yeah, it my interest rose again. Yeah, like ending New York 2012. Yeah, like, oh, I was like okay, this. right, right, right. Yeah, it, it kind of reminded me like that's you know it's not all just this. <laughs> <laughs> what if that's what it was? It was the saga <laughs> of like Hydra in World War Two, and it was 23 yeah. movies. <laughs> uh, so, and here's another thing that I haven't quite said yet: um, Captain America as a character, it's kind of annoying at times. Yeah. I think sometimes he's just a little too righteous and he's just not that interesting. Mm. You know, sometimes you got to have a little bit of, you know, you got to have some skeletons in your claws and a little bit of grime on your boots to, to be a more interesting character. And I guess he's kind of got that with his background growing up scrawny and like, mm -hmm. but he's just seems too wholesome at times. Yeah. And yeah, we, we mentioned his, his willingness to sort of break rules that, you know, he feels are, uh, an impediment to his goals mm -hmm. for the greater good, but they're never really like that bigger rules. If, you know, if he was like, I've got, I'm going to kill this grandma cause, cause I can save the world, you know, then that, that's a more interesting character. Grandma right killer. There. Yeah. Grandma killer. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, that's interesting. He's helming, he's helming. He appears in, I, I'm, I'm going to tell you, he appears in several more movies. Okay. He helms two more uh, that have Captain America in front of them well, on they, the title. They better do something. So we'll see. We'll see if uh, if either he changes or you you change. We'll see what, what breaks first. <laughs> <laughs> All, All right, right, Nick. You got to watch this. for listening to our podcast we want to hear from you you can reach out to us on email at you gotta watch this podcast at gmail.com you can also reach us at facebook or instagram at you gotta watch this podcast or on twitter at gotta underscore watch thanks